This episode of Oops! The Podcast is brought to you by Roman Swipes. Most guys have tried different ways to last longer, but thinking about baseball doesn't always work. The folks at Roman, an online men's health company, are changing the game with Roman Swipes, the secret to longer-lasting sex. Roman Swipes are clinically proven to make you last way longer in bed. They're effective, easy to use, and fast-acting, but don't require a prescription. Roman can ship swipes to you in discreet, unmarked packaging, and each swipes packet is small enough to hide in your wallet for whenever you need it. Swipes are great. They will not transfer to your partner so you can last longer without worrying. When you go to GetRoman.com slash Francis, you can get your first month of swipes for just five bucks. When you choose a monthly plan, if you use the link, GetRoman.com slash Francis. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no? Did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Hello, everybody. It's another episode of Oops! The Podcast. I'm Francis Ellis, and this is Julio Gallarotti. Julio, good to see you. Francis, how you doing, buddy? Oh, man, I'm great. It's just the two of us today. We decided to run it back old school, like the way we did for our first two episodes, as a as a nod to how our humble beginnings were. A unit. That's right. So we've got lots to talk about on the pod today. Julio, what's going on? Well, dude, I was thinking about you last night, actually. Good. What was that about? Well, <laughs> I was thinking about your your lean physique. I'm getting very lean. You're getting lean up. I mean, I, you know, I, I mean that in a positive way. I appreciate it, but it's not necessarily a good thing. Really? I've lost so much weight, man. Just stress? Uh, I don't know what it is exactly. I can't stop losing weight. And that sounds like a really douchey thing to say, but I had good weight on before right, right, and right. now that's gone. I had muscle. Right. I worked out all the time. I was lifting all the time. People used to talk about my shoulders. Lifting heavy? Well, not so much. Just Regularly? Lifting. Yeah. Lifting uh, in a consistent way. Like how, how many days a week? I was hitting it pretty hard three days a week lifting and then I would do, you know, good cardio another day or two. Cardio in between. And then what, what what's your diet like? That's this. That's where I was getting with this. What is your diet like? I'm a very disciplined eater. I really am. Walk us through it. In the morning, I like to eat my overnight oats. I make those myself. They are oats, which I soak in oat milk, which sounds incestuous, but it actually is nice. The two complement <laughs> each other very well. Then I pour in a nice healthy dose of chia seeds. Lovely. And chia seeds, if you know, if you leave them overnight in liquid, become kind of these gelatinous, almost amoeba-like uh jellyfish right like mini boba yeah which if you can get past the texture they're pretty good for you so i like that and then i I throw in a nice healthy couple spoonfuls of uh organic no salt almond butter Mm. Uh uh-huh and specifically again so like at what point do you and sorry to interrupt you but at what point do you get to the point where you're like okay i need to take out the sodium in the almond butter now um I don't really think about it that much. It's just that where I get my almond butter, I think the the organic version is unsalted. And then they have a salted version, but that's not organic. And I don't even know if it fucking matters. Really? Is there a difference between organic peanuts or almonds rather versus non-organic? I don't know. I don't care. Right. But my mom always taught me eating organic was probably better. So that's the way I go. Shout out to your mom. Yeah. And my mom. My mom said that too. Right. So, uh, I've got, I do the almond butter and then I throw in, um, a bunch of cinnamon, Mm. right? And then I do a nice, good squeeze of, what is it? It's the, what's the stuff that comes from the cactus, the sweetener? 
agave agave uh, nectar i don't use honey or anything else who knows if that's better too but that you do need to have a little bit of sweetener and then in the morning when it's nice and overnight soaked i will portion out a nice portion and then i'll put blueberries and bananas on top and that's my breakfast yes yeah, this is what your merch table should be dude juice <laughs> juice by francis <laughs> that's fun right so I do, I do my overnight oats in the morning and I like those because they're nice and filling, but they, your body processes them pretty well and it's a good complex carbohydrate. Then around 11 or 12, I'll typically make myself lunch. When I was working at Barstool, I would have a salad from Sweetgreen. Lovely. Uh, but Lovely now choice. I make it and it'll be, you know, a vegetable or a big bed of lettuce with a protein over the top of it, uh, whether it's fish or chicken. And then at night, I'll make myself a similar dinner. My vice is sweets. I have a real sweet tooth. So I really like uh, cupcakes. Mm. I like key lime pie a lot. 16 handles. I kind of lose myself. Ah, That's a guilty pleasure. That's a place, by the way, where uh, people talk about white privilege. I've never seen it more poignantly on display than at 16 handles. And I'll tell you what happened. (laughs) I went in there once. And that place is a mess, man. Half the taps say out of order. Oh, yeah. Uh, or just, or, it's just liquid coming out. Yeah, just really poor people having their birthday parties there. And it's sad. <laughs> you know, it's like, come on, guys. So uh, I'm in there and I asked the woman behind the counter, hey, can I try some of these flavors? And she handed me about seven sample cups. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, they're just too lazy to even separate the one. Yeah. And then right after me, a black guy saw that I had done that. And then he went up and asked for some sample cups and she only gave him three. Oh, wow. So that difference of four sample cups is white privilege. There it is. (laughs) If you're white, you get four more frozen yogurt sample cups than anyone else. That they don't expect you to abuse. And that's not right. The, you could. the universe should not have that. We should probably even out at five apiece. I didn't need seven. That was ridiculous. You didn't need seven. I didn't need seven. And not only that, but I would fill a sample cup, eat the whole sample from that, and then reuse that. And they only start to break down once you fill them about four times and suck the yeah. frozen yogurt <laughs> out. And then they become soggy. Like paper straws. Yeah. So... Theoretically, you could eat about, I don't know, 28, 30 samples. No one would care. No one and then do you really need to buy any fucking frozen yogurt after that? <laughs> nope. You've had plenty. Yeah. Those sample cups can hold about probably an ounce, maybe more. Yeah, and you, if you overflow it too, you can make yourself a nice little mini. Yes. And you can just fucking, and they don't care. No. The employees don't care. That little swizzle on top. Dude, I asked the guy at Yogurt Land once. I was like, do people do that with the samples? And he was like, dude, they do it. Mm-hmm. He's like, and then they try to act like I didn't notice. I'm like, dude, I noticed. He's like, you're at Yogurt Land. What well, are you doing? It's a, it's a great <laughs> point. You know, um, how is she, what is the limit on samples or hors d'oeuvres at parties? All oh, right. Because I'm the guy who, when I'm at a, a wedding reception and the hors d'oeuvres start flying around, I really track down the hors d'oeuvre people, you know, the caterers. Right. I follow them around. And what I'll do is every time they come out with a new thing, because I'm ashamed of how many of them I'm eating, I pretend like it's the first time I'm seeing them. They come by to my group of people. They've got their, let's call bacon wrapped scallops. And every time the bacon wrapped scallops come out, I say, oh, what do we have here? 
<laughs> Even though it's like my 17th bacon wrap scallop, I'm just playing a game. I don't want the people talking to me to think that I'm gorging on bacon wrap scallops. But the or the hors d'oeuvre people, they get wise to it and they start to giggle. They know. They think I'm funny because they're like, I know you. I've served you. The bacon wrap scallop boy. Yeah, yeah. And I always act like it's, oh, I'm discovering. Oh, what is, oh, what is oh, this? Lovely. Mini fish tacos? I guess I'll, I'll try one. <laughs> why not these look good it's like i know they're good because i've had four <laughs> dude i hate when i can't find the good one i feel like the best thing will be scarce mm. and then i'm looking around the room for the chicken skewers they're like do you want a mini slider i'm like i don't want another fucking mini no slider. too like, much bread get out of here yeah with, with the chipotle aioli yeah is aioli the buzzword of the past 10 years aioli is a buzzword definitely Definitely. I and it what what is aioli? Why is it different from it mayonnaise? Just mayonnaise? Exactly. What's the difference? It's just red. One is or green. One is uh egg yolk bake based, maybe. And then the other is I don't even know. But people don't like mayonnaise. They think it's too basic. So but then why is aioli like aioli's mayonnaise rebranded? It kind of is. I think it's I it's a Martha Stewartized <laughs> mayonnaise. That's all it is. You could put herbs in it. My mom makes some great aiolis. But she also calls them homemade mayonnaise. Oh, wow. She's not that stuck up. I love that. Speaking of stuck up, I got a lot of stuff I want to cover with you today, dude. Um, um, all right. So while you're looking, to sum up the, the diet conversation. Oh, yeah. Do you have a hard cutoff time? For nighttime eating? I'm trying to rebrand my body. You know, it's tough, man. <laughs> it really is. You really probably shouldn't eat after like 9 p.m. if you're trying to get super shred, bro. But a lot of the time, a lot of the time I'll get home after a show and it's been six hours since my last meal and I'm starving and I can't go to bed starving. But what I'll do is I will be disciplined at that time. So you eat something reasonable. I'll eat a banana or a yogurt or a fruit. You know, you really want to stay away from your sugars, your high sugars, processed sugars before bed. Right. Just pack it on. Yeah. So I'll eat, I like to eat fruit a lot. That's how I that's how I satisfy my my sugar cravings is I substitute by eating fruit sugars. Right. And it still has a lot of sugar in it. Like I'll eat a whole bowl of cherries or something, but it's naturally, naturally occurring yeah. sugar. So I like to think that your body can break it down can a little burn bit. It. Yeah. Well, dude, my brother fucking went to the Bahamas last week. Get out. Yeah. And and classic, God bless him, right? But he was going, I think, for his it was his birthday, his girlfriend, whatever. And they probably saw the cheap flight. Mm. And they went, and thank God they got it back a day before the hurricane. But traveling one on one, don't go to the Caribbean during hurricane season. Don't go. That's why the flights are two hundred bucks. Don't go. It's absolutely right. Don't go to Syria during civil war season. <laughs> don't go to fuck. El Salvador ever. Yeah, never, never go there. Don't go to Philippines during drug dealer hunting season. Dude, that guy sends dudes out no. on mopeds with AKs to shoot drug dealers in no. the street. Duterte, du- right? Duterte. That guy is badass. He's a savage. Yeah. Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell, Anchor, Anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise 
and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, Anchor.fm, download it now. Looting seems kind of fun. I would be into it. I don't know. I know it's kind of the breakdown of society. (laughs) I'm aware of that. It's fully the breakdown of society. It's the end of times. I can't picture you looting, dude. I would loot cool places. A lot of people loot grocery stores or, you know, uh, like Nike outlets. (laughs) I would loot, you know, probably. Swarovski? Yeah. Cartier. (laughs) Gucci. Yeah. That'd be sweet. Yeah, go through is. Gucci on a like like a supermarket sweeps of Gucci. <laughs> Why doesn't that ever happen? Broken down because Fifth Avenue never floods. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. A real estate never floods. Yeah, yeah. That's hilarious, dude. I just picture you being at the beginning, the establishing shot where the, like the person initially jumps through the window and looks both ways and running away. Mm. The idea of that being you holding mm. like a canister of fucking Hermes <laughs> bracelets. <laughs> Looking left and right and escaping. Just a whole bunch of presents for my my wealthy friends. (laughs) Never have to go shopping for gifts again. Dude, speaking of, I yesterday was my one year anniversary with my girlfriend. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm coming up on mine too. That's exciting. And her birthday is in three weeks. Oh boy. So it's a tough thing for me. Yeah. Because I don't like getting I don't I wanted to get one good gift for the two. And I didn't know whether or not I should get it for her birthday and give it to her then and not as much for the anniversary or, but I got too excited. So I bought my girlfriend some diamond earrings. Wow. Yeah. Good for you, man. Yeah, I know. I wanted her to know. I wanted that to to tide me over. Good for you, man. I felt like if I got her something really nice, I I didn't have to be so nice to her (laughs) for a while. Used up that severance package? That's right. I spent a lot of money on these diamond earrings. Have you ever bought diamonds for someone before? Yeah, but I think that I must have done it in some cheap way. Like I bought it on some website and they were like 98% off. (laughs) Those weren't diamonds, friend. Those were quartz. 0.02 Those were tourmaline. (laughs) Semi-precious stones. uh, They claim to be diamonds. Yeah. I I don't know that I've ever... How much did you spend? Well, I bought... I've, I've spent like probably... Those are probably 200... And then maybe I bought black diamonds once for one for like Jesus 500. Christ. Wow. But that's like not that much. You I buy think. all your diamonds online? No, not all. The no. latter I bought in a store. Okay, good, 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 good. Yeah. I would feel <laughs> really nervous buying diamonds on the internet. That seems like something, I don't know. It was my only sh- my only option, man. I Fair enough. I didn't have the cash. Were these, were these expensive? Very. And they, as far as the options I had, they were one of the cheapest. Wow. So I bought her these. They're just diamond studs. She doesn't have any. And where'd uh, you go to get them? The diamond district. I went to a jeweler in the financial district that had 4.9 stars on Google reviews. What was he like? Was he like an old Jewish guy? No, it was women. Ah, how lovely. Yeah, they were very knowledgeable. That's awesome. They they had a good service. They offered me um, some salted caramel. Which nice. was really nice. They knew, they knew you had a sweet tooth. They did. They saw me coming and they said, get, get, Some key lime pie. Get the candy out. <laughs> like I was a fucking trick or treater. <laughs> so they, 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 oh, they set you up and uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. I remember one of the first questions I asked was because I said, I want these earrings and this. And I said, Am I supposed to try to counter offer your price and haggle you down? And they were like, we're not one of those stores. 
They were like, we're not a covered market in Bangladesh. You know? I was like, okay, I'll pay what, you, what you're asking. That's really funny. That was Am the end I of that conversation. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. So I was like, all right. Because I, I feel like if you go to the Diamond District, right. maybe you can do that. There's a guy with one of the the monocle thing. Yeah, it's pushing his eyebrow up. Yeah, and he's looking. Yeah, that guy you can. Get, you you can. could probably counter off for that guy, but <laughs> these people they didn't they didn't do that. They They're had like, some nice brand. shit. Yeah, so they have a whole ladder basically. They have a, a, a stanchion of uh, that's not the right term. Yeah, like a. a whatever a, a display of the diamond stud earrings and it just they're all the same but they go up in size and carats mm. it starts at i don't know point one two five carats each and those are still like a thousand dollars those were 750 that was so, the cheapest one point oh two five yeah so together the pair is i don't know whatever point two five carats Fuck. and those are really really small especially as they sit on the bottom and you're looking up at as it goes up to the top, which is I think the top ones were one carat each, and those were like Barry Bonds. How much are those? Those were twelve thousand. Holy shit! For the for the pair of earrings. Jesus, dude. So I went the the next tier up from the bottom. I really hope this podcast starts doing very well. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I I went to the next tier up. We should both get our ears pierced and get the. That's our goal. Dude, that would be a great. Well, but I, I, we'll talk about that after, but I saw you post about fantasy football shit that you would have to do if you were coming last. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be a good one. Get our ears pierced? Get our ears pierced and have to rock giant diamond studs Dude, that'd be for six months. Fun. I mean, if I could if I could afford $12,000 earrings, then I don't think people would give me as much shit for piercing my ears. I think that they would be insane if you pierced both your ears. Both of them? I'd be like, especially if you just continued to talk the way that you do. It wouldn't like, fit me. I would expect you to be a little more like... I'd have to change a lot. You'd have to be like, yo, yo, what up? I'm Francis. Skateboarding. Or skateboarding. Um, Francis rebranding with one carat studs. Yeah. Move to Tornado Alley. <laughs> I don't know. That's awesome, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. So I get I got the next tier up and they were they were 1400 Wow. Which is a lot of money. That's a lot of money. It was a lot of money. I mean, I was really not... I was I was struggled with it, but but I was also excited to give them to her. Yeah. Oh, that's the best feeling. Once I bit the bullet and then I had them in my bag, I was like, "This is great." So, um, my buddy just is getting engaged, or he just got engaged, and he was like banging his boss, and then now they're engaged. Get out. She's got to be fifteen years older than him. I swear. That's and dude, we were at his. She threw him a going away party when he was leaving. He was her intern. And she's like, I just want to thank him. And everybody at the party's looking around. They're like, are they? And we're like, no. That was no. the first time that people had suspicion. And then that night was the first time they ever hooked up. Wow. Cut two. He just bought her an engagement ring for $37,000 in cash. Jesus. Cash. Why did he pay cash? Because I think he's a personal trainer. Dude, and I think, think he's been stockpiling cash. credit card points you're missing out on. I know. But I think, so this is why. Didn't have to pay tax because of that. And he got a big discount because of it. So he ended up saving like $10,000. Yeah, sounds like he bought his diamond in Bangladesh. <laughs> but $37,000 fucking dollars? That's a lot of cash. That's a whole suitcase of cash that you got to bring to the sketchy diamond store that you're So sketchy. Like, yeah. Are you a rapper or something, dude? Like, what? I bet he paid in different denominations, too. Or he's just, there's like singles in there. Yeah, he's <laughs> really counting out stacks of tens. You know how many tens are required to buy a $37,000 diamond? That's funny. Something to do with the zeros. You'd have to carry a zero. 
or divide by one. It might be, I think it's 30, 3,710s. <laughs> He's like, I only exactly have tens, right. dude. Sorry. That's, <laughs> that's pretty exactly easy math. Right. I don't know why I struggled with that. <laughs> 3,700 tens. The guy's just like, dude, get out of my store. so many bills. You have that's no insane. idea how many bills that is. You ever have in your wallet like $500 in 20s? Uh, sometimes, yeah. That's just 40 20s. That's not that many 20s. That's not how many. It still it sucks. Is. Your wallet. I don't know why. Why am, I doing math? why am I doing math on here? It's not right. Yeah, eight hundred dollars. Whatever. Twenty five twenties. Twenty five twenties. That's twenty five twenties. Think about if you had three thousand seven hundred twenties or tens is what it was. That's so your wallet would be so fat. <laughs> the fattest the wallet. Fattest ever. wallet. You'd probably need another wallet. You need another wallet. That's for sure. <laughs> so we're. Diamond, this is great. I'm glad we're talking about this because here, here's the problem. I live in two worlds, okay? I have my friends from Harvard who are all doing extremely well right. financially because they're all working in variations of finance. And they're eight and they have years the best in. Jobs. Right. They're eight years in. So uh, in the first three or four years of working in finance, everyone was kind of making the same amount. They were all analysts. Right, making the bonus, but like... Yeah, they were making base of, you know, 110, 130 with maybe a $40,000 bonus. And working 80 hours a week. And they were getting crushed. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, if you just stay in the industry, some guys went to business school and didn't make money for those two years, but then they came back and they're making a better amount. But the people who stayed in it, just do private equity getting, jobs. Yeah, they started getting uh, promotions up up to vice president. I have a friend who's a, a director, and he's going to make managing director soon. Wow. And you hear that term a lot, and you don't really understand what it means. And what it really means is you start to make orders of magnitude more money. Right. Fuck you, money. Right. At 30. Crazy. And granted, these friends of mine, there's still a huge range. But I have a friend who makes... Six million a year. It's crazy. Per year. Who is our age? Is he a nice kid? Wonderful guy. Right. Wonderful guy. Love it. Love Great to see dude. It. Love to see it. So I'm aware of how much he spends on buying a pair of diamond earrings for his girlfriend. Gotcha. And it makes me feel like I have the smallest dick of all time. Right. Because even though I'm doing okay, I can't afford $12,000 earrings. Right. And that would be, he would look at that, the top earring and he'd be like, really? Do you have anything bigger? You know what I mean? <laughs> and he doesn't even spend that lavishly. Right. But, so I have friends who do that. I have friends that wouldn't think twice about spending five grand on a gift for their girlfriend. And 1400 to me is a lot of fucking money to spend on a right. gift. It really is. I do. I understand this feeling well, man. Yeah. But I, I also live in this world of my girlfriend who's, 27 and she went to Penn State and she has all these wonderful Penn State friends whom I've become friends with and they all have more normal jobs right. and I hate to sound like a dick or an elitist <laughs> but they're just like they're not making six they're not going to be year. partners they're not making a million a year they're not making right. even 600,000 a year like a mother my my mid-tier <laughs> earning friends are making 600 to 800,000 right. dollars a year that's which crazy. is fucking insane to that's me that's crazy and um so her friends live in this world and they do, we go on great vacations. We'll have 
dinner parties where we play board games and it's super fun. So you look cool to her friends, which is all that matters. Well, this is what I said to her. <laughs> she, she made this great point last You're night. a loser with your friends and you look cool to her friends. That's exactly right. <laughs> I said, she said to me, I said, I said, you know, these are great. You can wear these to work. Uh, Cause they, they had shown me another pair of earrings in the store that were far more formal. Yeah. And they said, well, she could wear these to weddings. Do you guys go to a lot of weddings? And I said, we go to a lot of weddings for my friends because I'm two and a half years older than she is. Mm -hmm. But her friends haven't really started to get married yet. And she said, okay. And I said, well, I think I'd rather have the pair that she can wear to work and stuff. And they said, the studs would be perfect for that. And she, I said to my girlfriend after I gave them to her, um, you know, are your friends going to think these are cool? Like, are you going to... I wanted to toot my own horn a little. Mm -hmm. And she said, well... I'll probably show them off a little bit at work or to your friends, but I don't think I'm going to show my friends that much. And mm. I said, why not? She said, my friends are not in relationships where their boyfriends give them diamond earrings. Right. And I, that made me feel really good. Yeah. To just be doing so much better than her friends. <laughs> It's all relative. Those now. are the two worlds. And in one world, I'm a fucking king. Right. And in the other world, I'm a bitch boy. Yeah. I'm a juggler in the court. You're an indentured servant. Wearing the hat with the bells at the end, the three <laughs> tousled bells. Literally. Your friend's like, hey, Francis, I'll pay you more than you've ever made to perform in my living room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just because I want to help you out. Yeah. You know what? You get there. They're like, you know what, dude? You don't even have to perform. But it's Just helping. Yeah. <laughs> Help yourself Just, to the yeah. hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> It takes him home in a napkin. Yeah, if you want to take some with you, if you want to take yeah. a bottle of booze, go ahead. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I'm the guy who takes the bottle of booze home and sells it. <laughs> it's weird though, like because I, admittedly, I am doing, I am doing well. Um, you know, obviously, it's no secret my family does well, but uh, even so, to 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 live in this world where I don't want her showing the earrings off to my friends because they'll all think. Man, right. Fran, you, you're you're broke. You okay, bro? Yeah. And then she can't show them to her friends because they're too lavish right. of a gift. So where do we exist in this purgatory of right. middle class shame? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's, make no mistake, a $1,400 pair of earrings is, is a fucking super lavish gift. I, I am aware of that for, for much of the country. Unfortunately, I'm just surrounded by these people who are crushing it. Yeah. Julio, the best outfit to wear during a hurricane is bird dog shorts <laughs> that's actually true deep pockets and they dry faster than regular swimsuits you don't have to worry about stockpiling underwear because the underwear are built right in that's exactly right just go to birddogs.com enter code code fired and they'll throw in a pair of nunchucks yes you heard that right nunchucks they'll give you an actual weapon along with your pair of bird dogs it's birddogs.com promo code fired and boom free pair of nunchucks with your pair of bird dogs you will not take things these things off i promise you you can use those nunchucks to fight off the marauders the looters who come through in post-hurricane places to, <laughs> to break down shop windows and steal vespas yeah if you own your own small establishment make sure you have the bird dogs with the nunchucks yeah and sit there in the corner and just wait for the looters and take them down boom you might want to train a little bit though with nunchucks mm-hmm you know, that you're not just going to know how to use them. They're harder to use than I would have thought. Dude, that's why I hate about teaching tennis, dude. It's like yeah. you're just around the richest people and you are literally a fucking loser. Yeah. You're their tennis bitch. Like you ever see Space Jam? Remember that scene where they chain Michael Jordan 
And the Danny DeVito character is like, we'll make him play and he'll always lose. It's like that scene of your life. And literally, like, you're the help still. You're just the help who gets yeah. to sit at the dinner table. Yeah. Because you can do something better than they can. Hell yeah. But you're still the help. You just have to know in your heart that you you there are things that you have, truths that you've discovered through your station in life that those people will never know. You just have to tell yourself that. No, but it's true. As a, I mean, Dude, as, I as worked, a teacher, I don't know. I was a tutor, right? <laughs> and I worked with those same families. Right, right. Ridiculously rich families. I remember I had a kid who, uh, you know, he was a kid who went to a kind of a troubled school. It was like a private school where everyone went when they'd been kicked out of their more elite private school. Like Birchwath and Lennox. It was called Dwight. Oh, yeah. You know Dwight? Dumb white idiots getting high together. There you go. <laughs> See? Fucking hell. There you go. Perfect. It was like last chance you for the Upper upper yeah. East Side. By the way, people get into Harvard from that school still. Perfect. Just to put it into context. But yeah, it's the worst one of like the city yeah. private schools. It's where you go if you've really fucked around at yeah. Dalton or Collegiate yeah. or Trinity. Right. So this kid went there and uh, he was 16. <clears throat> and he was high on pot all the time. I mean, he I would come in to the house and he we would sit down and I could smell it on his breath. And we were about to edit a paper together. And I'm like, dude, are you even going to fucking hear any of what I'm about to say? Would you just do it for him? I hear about that. Uh, oh, basically, yeah. it just became easier. <laughs> yeah. You know, what was your rate? 300 an hour. Yeah. Insanely expensive. The more money I charged. The more I know. families would sign up for I, dude, me. Dude, it's crazy. I know. I know people who they have a tutor situation like that. And yeah, I, it blows my mind. Dude, I had a I had a wait list. I had students that I would sign set up with tutors that I had to hire of my own. All wow. like actor, musician friends that had gone to Ivy League schools. And I ended up start, starting my tutoring business. And I was pulling in $180,000 a year. Pre-doing comedy? As a tutor. While I was doing stand-up. Wow. Dude, what? Good for you, man. A real go-getter. Yeah, but that's like, you know, this is the this is the biggest thing I've learned is that a lot of people are too afraid to ask for ridiculous amounts of money. You know? <laughs> right. When I first started tutoring, I was asking for a hundred an hour, and I thought that was insane. And then you bump up. I went to 150 and every time I thought about raising my rate, I kept thinking, I'm going to price myself out of this. This family's going to going to balk. I'm finally going to hit my ceiling. I went from 150 to 225. Flooding in. Kids flooding in to to work with me. Wow. Then I went from 225 to 275. And then I went to 300 because it was a nice round number. And I probably could have kept raising my rate. I never had a, a shortage of kids. Right. And anyway, you, it's there's this crazy thing where it's like these families think that the higher money they pay, the more elite the service is. Right. And they compete with each other. It becomes an arms race. It's crazy, right? It's like middle most, school. Most expensive tutor. The it, most yeah. expensive chess teacher. Everything is a reflection of their status. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Dude. I will I priced myself out once though, cuz in tennis it's like you you work at the club, you make 30 bucks an hour, but then if you go to their house to teach them, you get all the money. Right. Because it's like $200 for the lesson. So these people are like, oh, how much would it be for you to come over? And I emailed her and, and I was like, oh, how many of you are there? I was like, it'll be like, I don't know, I said 200 for the hour or something. 
And the lady was like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. And then I had to be like, listen, I'll like blow your husband too. Like, I need, <laughs> I need the money. Please, please hire me. Did they hire you? No. They told me to go fuck myself. Yeah, but dude, literally. for every one of those families, I, I had that happen too. I had that happen once when I, when I quoted the guy like 125 early, early on. Classic. And, and the thing was, you know what I did was I called all these tutoring agencies in New York, the best tutoring agencies, and I posed as a father. Fucking move and a half. And I said, I've got a daughter, a 15-year-old daughter who's looking to take this test. And I knew everything about it. And I was like, you know, what's your rate? Yada, yada. And I got all the rates from all the top places and their tiers based on their tutor's experience. And then I would place myself based on my experience and my, you know, uh, acumen against that and determine my rate. And I just realized, fuck, I was way under market. Right. For what I had and what I was doing. You had the good package. And um, the thing is, is like these families, if you if you tell them a hundred, I'm $100 an hour, and then they get another rate from an agency, and the agency says 225 These families up in the Upper East Side, they, they don't think they want the more, they want to pay more. They don't think, oh, I'm saving money with the $100 tutor. That's great. They think, he's what's worse. wrong with the $100 an hour tutor 100%. that he's charging so little? We should pay more. That dude, fucking, that's exactly. Dude, parents will pay anything for education. Yeah. It's crazy, bro. Or, they, and what they don't realize is that they're paying to have their kids not have to do anything. That's right. And they'll get into all the best schools and still be retarded. Like, I'm sure that happened to you at Harvard. I remember it happened to me when I was at school. I went to Boston University. And Boston University is a school with, like, smart, normal kids and really stupid rich kids. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I bet there was kids at Harvard where you're like, I know kids who like play the cello and got straight A's and a perfect score on their SATs who didn't get in. This is really insulting. That was true. But I will say this. Even the super rich kids that were there from New York City were really fucking smart. Right. You couldn't, you couldn't pay your way in. Uh, you know, there may have been a couple kids whose dads had donated Two hundred million dollars to the school, who had B plus averages. Right, right. but that was really fucking rare. The admissions committee would not bend over. Right, they they but 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 the thing was, you know, they had the luxury of being able to admit and and choose from an applicant pool of rich kids, of super rich kids whose parents had largest endowment of any school, right? Whose kids were really smart, right? So they didn't have to make those exceptions. Right, right. Um, and I'm sure that some schools do. Right. But I'm saying just based on like the the curve, like I remember me, I've met kids in the city who went to Harvard. The one kid went to Harvard for my public high school. He was a fucking genius. And he was like kind of a nerd. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the kids who did really well in school were nerds. And now I'm meeting kids who went to Harvard who were like doing drugs and partying and cool and getting laid. And I was like blown away by that. By the idea that like having an education in New York City is cool. Like, if you did shitty in school, you were, like, kind of a loser, I feel. Right. So you're saying they they did well in school in New York, but they also did drugs and stuff. And like, still yeah, they they're still, had like, yeah. had this ability to have balance in their lives to, like, be cool and have a social life, but still keep their school together. Because if they didn't, A, pressure from their parents, but also just, like, in the community of the other kids. Yeah. If you were a complete fuck up, like, you are not as cool, I feel. In Maine... People that fucked up were cool. Same in my high school. They, they the burnouts, the the kids who skipped class, right. they were 
held up as as being their indifference you know bought them social power same same with me and i never bought into that and it was because of my parents my parents were the ones that said this isn't fucking cool you know and i wasn't that cool in high school people didn't invite me to all the parties really i wasn't i was seen as i was seen as a try hard Uh, and people said that as a like a a put down he's a try hard interesting people still say that shit it's like oh yeah you're gonna insult me because i work hard We'll see where that evens out in the playing field. And now all those people, those people who called me a tryhard, you know what they're doing? They're washing dishes at the Muddy Rudder. The <laughs> restaurant that, I don't know how it's still in business. <laughs> Is this what your parents said to you? They're like, France, they call you smoking pot or something. They're like, you want to wash dishes in the Muddy Rudder? In 10 no, years? they didn't threaten me with that. <laughs> I was never at risk of, of really, you know, I would never have gone to school high. I never, I did get in trouble for smoking pot. It was a wake up call, but whatever. <laughs> um, the kid that I was tutoring. Oh yeah. Okay. This kid that was at Dwight. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had classmates who, who's, who were like the sons of, uh, you know, the CEO of AIG. Right. And this kid specifically, I mean, these guys would go to the meatpacking district. Oh yeah. The they school. would go to up and down on a Wednesday night, right. on a school night. And the AIG kid would put down his black card that his dad had given him mm-hmm. and buy a $3,000 table. 100%, yeah. And six of the dudes would get in and then they would bring seven or eight of the chicks from their high school. And they would get shit-faced on Dom. Right. On a Wednesday night. And then go to school, like skip their first class and go to school hungover. And I remember having conversations with this kid I was tutoring, this 16 year old kid. And I was, cause I'd, you know, I'd been to some of those nightclubs on rare yeah. occasions when like my friends would spurge or whatever. And I'm 24 and I'm like, yeah, I like that nightclub, uh, you know, the boom, boom room. And the kid would be like, nah, man, that place is tired. We used to go there. And I'm like, when? When you were 13? Yeah. You're tired of that place at 16? He's like, yeah, we go to this place now. And you know what ends up happening to these kids? They are entrenched in the New York City uh, social scene. In what Sophomore many people, year of high school. Yeah, what many people would consider to be the greatest nightlife in the world. And they run it. For four years of high school. And, and they experience it. the best of it. Such that by the time they're 18, they're tired of it. Yeah, totally. And then they go to college and everyone's like, dorm room parties, beer pong, what a Friday night. And these kids are like, this is the most boring shit I've ever experienced. This is a massive drop off from what I had in high school totally. when we were buying bottles and hanging out with Drake in the meatpacking district. So what do they do? They start doing drugs. Because that's the only way to elevate from where they are. And the beer pong in the dorm rooms is boring to them. So they start experimenting with ecstasy, with coke. And by the end of their freshman year, they're in fucking rehab. And they've dropped out. And their lives are a mess. <laughs> or and, they I, becomes, and they become sober. Yeah. yeah I saw this happen all the time. Yeah. All the time. And to. that was one of the reasons why I was like, I don't know if raising kids in New York City is a good idea. Right. Yeah, man. I did totally. And I've, I remember being so shocked by that when I would meet these kids, even when I was teaching tennis in the Hamptons and stuff, like these kids were going out 
hard. Hard. And like they were the ones they were buying tables and they were with all these hot other hot girls and doing all this shit. And they're like alongside these like dorky like banker guys who like never got laid until yeah. you know what I mean? They were in their twenties because they were so busy studying and shit. You know what I mean? Dude, we, we used to party in the woods. Me too. We used to go party in the woods and we wouldn't light a fire because we didn't want the cops to see it. Cops are here. Yeah. So we would party in the dark woods in a clearing in the woods with forties. Yeah. In Maine. That was the idea we had for like a, a big party. Dude. Yeah. Dude. Like I remember we had a similar thing. Like one of our friends had a shack in his backyard where we could just do whatever we want. He had a five foot plastic bong. Nice. And you had to like stand on the couch to hit it. It was, <laughs> it was so sick, dude. It was like, and this is the shit you had to do because there's nothing else to do. So like, yep. the only problem with that though, dude, is like the dr- drunk driving in high school. Oh yeah, was really bad in my town. That is the, the forever the it's universe really corrects itself. That is the cost. Yeah, right. It was That's really the one bad. definite plus of growing up in the city is you never were driving drunk. Right. Well, dude, speaking of tennis, I played with our pal Hannah the other day. Did you? I did. How'd it go? Where'd you play with her? We played at the Summer House. Where they film. Where they film the show. The Summer House. I, I went to the Summer House. This is Hannah Burner. Yeah. Whom we had on a few episodes ago. Dude, I, tell me about it. So what dude, was that I, like? I borrowed my friend's car and it was a really fucking nice car. Mm. So when I showed up, I'm in this driveway now just looking kind of like some douchey kid. What kind of car was it? Like a just really sick G-Wagon. Oh, wow. Like a tricked out, amazing G-Wagon. Nice. So now I'm just in this driveway and like the producers immediately come out to me and make me like start signing shit. Yep. And I was kind of annoyed, but I didn't want to come off as some like dismissive rich kid. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, whatever, I'll sign this. But I was like, dude, this is, you know what I mean? It was weird. But then I go inside and one of the guys, Carl, comes up to me and he's like, dude, he's like, you came at a bad time. He's like, I'll hit with you for a little. And I'm like, why? And I look in the backyard and everyone is sobbing. <laughs> Everyone's just sobbing, dude. And I'm like, what's happening? And he's like, dude, somebody like found out she hooked up with somebody or something. And I was like, Jesus. Yeah. So now I'm like, is this normal? And he's like, no. And I was like, (laughs) what do you mean? No. Like it is normal. Like it's so surreal, man. It's also so normal. (laughs) I don't know what he's talking about. He was was being a bro. That's the point of the show. (laughs) So dude, yeah, I literally see her. Walk by the door sobbing. I'm in my little tennis outfit. I'm just like, uh, so I played with him for like 20 minutes or something. How was he? He's all right. You know what I mean? Uh And then finally she comes out and her eyes are all puffy. And then she kind of like gives me a rundown on some of the drama. But it was such a high stakes, insane moment. Mm -hmm. And I think it was like the last weekend they're filming the show or something. Second to last weekend. Was she, did Hannah hook up with someone? I guess she had hooked up with somebody maybe. It might have been the guy she was talking about on the, our episode, actually. The hockey guy. And her friends didn't think it was right for her or something. I mean, I don't so know. So they I, all started crying. Every, and somehow everybody started crying. Can you imagine, Julio, if I hooked up with a girl that you didn't think was right for me, and then you called in me and two of our other friends to cry, all of us? That, if that's how we dealt with shit? It would be crazy. Like, imagine if like you were hooking up with Chris, the producer, and I found out. And I was like, dude, I don't think this is right for you. But then you thought that I was just jealous because I wanted to hook up with Chris. Yeah. And we all started and crying. And then we all started crying. I'd fucking kill myself. <laughs> that is the dumbest shit ever. Poor Hannah, dude. But I guess if they know that the cameras eat that up and that's what people want to see and that's your job, then it becomes performance art. 
and you're doing the right thing. I, I, it's amazing how accustomed they are to the heightened life they are now living. Yeah. Like they're used to it. Like I remember there was this moment where like one guy would go talk to one of the girls and comfort her. And then somebody was crying. And I, my initial thought was like, this is funny. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And Carl was like, cool about it. He was like, yeah, he's like, you know, and then this other guy was like being really serious. And I remember being like, that's hilarious. And him like, give me a dirty look. Like you're laughing at the suffering of others. And I was like, oh dude, sorry. Like, I didn't say that, but I was just going to, oh my God. Which guy did that? I forget. Was he really blonde? Maybe. I don't, I don't know. Hmm. He maybe he was like short hair. He just seemed very serious about it. And yeah. it stressed me out. I was like, oh my God. Hey, I mean, no, no, they're, it's their hit show. You know, I guess you got to do what you got to do. But if you extrapolate outside of the show and if all those feelings and impressions of each other pervade, uh, I do think it's ridiculous. Yeah. No, if, if, if your reality t- television show becomes your reality and you think that that's how people need to behave and that's how conflicts are resolved and that then I, you know, you're it's living, in a, you're living in a fantasy world. It's crazy, man. Yeah. It's crazy. But I mean, Hannah eventually came out. We played. She hits a great ball. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a great time. You beat her, though. We played two ground stroke games. I had to win. I had to win ugly. I was playing with a racket Josh I wasn't shots. used to. I was having to just hit like heavy spin try to because if you hit in her strike zone she hits a fucking clean ball yeah so i was just trying to move her around and like get everything back got her to miss a few shots Uh, nice good for you 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 show her who's boss gotta do what you gotta do i didn't i didn't hold up my end of the bargain i didn't beat her i should have beaten her i'll beat her someday (laughs) but that's great i'm so glad to hear it yeah man it's a good time good so francis i don't know if you use this app or not but the unfollow app an app that tells you who is following you back, who is not following you back. Do you use it? I did once upon a time. And what happened? I started getting a shitload of followers and I stopped caring. <laughs> there it is, folks. Dude, weirdly, is. you become less petty about Instagram once you are over, I don't know, 20 or 30,000 followers. That's hilarious. Now, like I have 101,000 followers. I don't. If I'm following someone and they don't follow me back, I don't care. Even if you know them? Honestly, here's the problem for me now. This is going to sound ridiculous, but it's true. So many people follow me on a given day that I don't see the individual people that are following me. Right, right, right. And a lot of people who meet me or are friends of my girlfriend or people that I should follow back, I don't follow back because I don't even realize that they're following me. Right. And they are thinking that. They're like, oh, he doesn't even notice. He didn't notice. I don't know if they think it or not. So if I'm going to like six of his I... pictures and maybe he'll notice. Yeah. And then I'll unfollow him. Then he follows me. Then I follow him back. Right. I mean, <laughs> I feel bad because I don't want to come off as superior, but I'm just unaware. I'm unaware of who follows me now. Right. right. Um. So I don't use it. But when I had like a thousand followers, I did use it. and I was mm-hmm. petty. I was like, I, I can't afford to be following people who don't follow me back. I can't afford that. I like following people and I enjoy seeing what people are up to. I do. I sincerely like it. And I'll follow tons of pages that don't follow me back. I don't have, I don't need to have 200 followers to to follow 200 people to feel cool. But if somebody who I kind of like followed back because I knew them and I'm like, oh, I don't want to not follow them back. It's awkward. And granted, like, I guess when you get to your level of following, you don't notice. But, you know, I notice. I'm like, oh, when I see that they unfollowed me, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to follow you too. Yeah. That annoys me. But then it's hard to check that in your brain. You're like, oh, you know, and I know people who are like, dude, 
You unfollow me, you're fucking dead to me. We're not friends anymore. I, I had that happen to me once. <laughs> there was this girl named Sabina. Sabina. Not to be confused with Sabrina. The teenage witch. Correct. Okay. Sabina, without the R. Gorgeous. Gorgeous <laughs> woman. Went to Harvard. Really smart. Croatian heritage. Ah, so tall. Lovely. Lovely cheekbones. Mm. And... Slavic cheekbones. She followed me or something, and then I followed her, and then I didn't like her pictures, so I unfollowed her. And she confronted it about me in the wild. Mm. She said, who fucking does that? And she was mad. Oh, my God. Because that's so rude. And I was like, are we... Is this real fucking life? What are we talking about here? Who cares about this shit? But the reality was, I I cared back then. Did you lie? Were you like, oh, I, what do you mean? I must have like clicked by accident. Yeah, I don't even know what I said. <laughs> I mean, I think I probably followed her back out of, and then she probably unfollowed me, and then I probably unfollowed her again. And we just realized <laughs> it was never going to work out. The whole following shit. It's, it's it's uncomfortable. It is it is a luxury to be in a place where you have so many followers that. That stuff notice. just passes without you noticing. Right, 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 right. You know? Totally. I mean, dude, listen. If anybody out there who were following each other, if you unfollow me, I know. I wow. Look. So you check on your unfollow app. Once a week. Come on. Once a week. Dude, I did Andrew Collins' podcast yesterday, and he, <laughs> we were talking about screen time. And uh, do, you, do you check your screen time on your phone? No. Really? Yeah. I don't. This is a healthy habit. Just to like monitor where you're at. Pull up your phone right now. Oh boy. How do I do it? So go into your settings. Settings, I'm here. And then it should be right here. Screen time. Click I, on that thing. I can thing. search for it. Screen. I may not have. Is it one word, screen time? No, I think it's two. Okay, so so maybe I don't have it. All right. I well, might be running too old of a version. You should update it. Maybe it won't give you new new things. So what what would you think is a healthy amount? Screen time, by the way, tracks just all the amount of time you spend looking at your phone in a given day. But what would you say is a healthy amount of time to spend looking at your phone? Per day? Yeah. Three hours? Okay. That's a pretty good answer, actually. That's pretty good. I think anyone who's under three, who's our age, is doing really well. Anyone who's... Over three, like at three, three to four is probably the average. But I also know kids, people, I, I talked about this at Barstool. There were people at Barstool who had seven hours a day. Wow. It, what do you Think at? about that. Dude, I'm a fucking demon about this. Average of the last seven days, two hours, 22 minutes. Wow. You look at it and try to, you monitor. I, ever since I downloaded the app, my screen time has gone way fucking down. I need down. to get on that. Way fucking down. Downloading it right now. And what I also did was I also, inst I, I gave myself notifications for how much time, limits on Instagram. And I set my limit to 40 minutes a day. And I get a notification if it says, hey, you've hit your 40 minute limit. It doesn't shut it off. You can do that. But it lets me know that's where I'm at. And I say, okay, I got to cool it on Instagram. Is there an app for this? I don't know. Is I just, it just built in? I can show you all this stuff. Fuck. I need that's dude, that's life changing. It is life changing. Now, uh, here's what I would say. Um Collins, Andrew Collins, yesterday, this great comic, uh, opens for Nikki Glazer all over the place, has a podcast called Puddles. You should check it out. We'll have him on sometime. Uh he told me <laughs> 
he was like, yeah, uh, I only spend two hours and 38 minutes a day on my phone. And I was like, well, that's great. And he goes, oh, that's just Instagram though. Oh, Jesus. And dude, he spent, so he spends two hours and 38 minutes a day on Instagram and he constantly checks to see who specifically has liked his right. posts, has followed him, and it would it would it just drives you fucking crazy. Yeah. It makes you dislike people for the wrong reasons. You totally. second guess people's intentions. It could be that somebody didn't like your photo because they were doing other shit or they didn't see it 100%. or didn't show up in their time. So he notices who isn't liking his stuff. Yeah, and he takes takes offense at that. That's so but that's crazy. Now, I don't want to sewer him. I don't know uh, I, I he did make points of like that, but there are a lot of people like that. Totally. And this unfollow follow business, man, it will drive you fucking crazy. It will drive you nuts. I see, but but only to people that I also follow. I don't feel it drives me nuts. I feel it's fair. I try not to hold it against people, even though sometimes I do. If it's a person that I'm leaning towards not liking, I'm like, okay, great. Yeah. I officially don't like it. But you have out. a ton of followers. You have 10,300 followers. Right. So <laughs> that, You just pulled Well, that. I check your Instagram all the time because we have so much crossover. Yeah, we do. Uh, that was good. I, I, well, it's just like I, I'm aware. I also, I also was curious to see if. It's all right, man. I'm glad. I'm glad you care, bro. I was curious to see <laughs> if doing the podcast with me would help your following. And unfortunately, <laughs> since we started, you appear to have lost two hundred followers, which is very humbling for me. <laughs> it's like I cost you followers. Like signing on with me has hurt you. That's, That's not good for, for what I was hoping. Listen, man, small step backward for a ladder, big step forward. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I've lost followers too, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm also flooding myself with this shit. So anyway, um, really yeah, I'm not concerned. I'm not as concerned with my overall following as I am with, my precious, who am I following? Because at the end of the day, a lot of the people that I follow, I don't give a fuck about their stuff. Right. But I'm like, we're in this together. I support you. Well, you know what you should do. You know what I do? What? I follow people and then I mute them completely. Right, right, right. So they don't know that I don't see their shit. Right. They just know that I'm following them. And then, yeah, you just but don't, I don't have, have to interact. But I never have to see their stuff. That's a, that's a political follow. That's a political follow. Yeah. I like that. Political. <laughs> what else we got? Dude, all right. So I was thinking about this. Lunch, New York City. Mm -hmm. You go, you're probably getting herded in and out. And there's a place where like, what toppings do you want? And you get your lentils, you get your whatever. There's typically an olives option. Ugh. Olives, pitted olives, kava, Mediterranean dining. If you throw those fucking pitted olives onto your thing, do not chew them like they will not have pits in them because they will. Wow. And you will break your fucking teeth in half. That is facts. Wow. What a wonderfully uh, universally applicable lesson to all of our listeners who are eating Mediterranean choose your portion lunches every day. <laughs> a specific hit tip. No, no, dude. Those are, that's the most popular fare in New York City for lunch these never, days. Never once. Have I and I eat a lot of those places. I never once have I put olives, but I'm also not. An You've never been guy. to Cava? There's a Cava right around the corner. I don't think so. It's I've the been most to, popping spot in New York City. I've right been now. to Time. Time with two dots over the eye. Yeah. Umlaut. Lovely. Falafel. Is that what that is? An umlaut. Yeah, that's an umlaut. It's three hundred dollars an hour, folks. There you go. You too can know what an umlaut is. Uh, there have been some mistakes this week, though, haven't there? 
Uh, that that's yeah, a good one. That is good. It's good <laughs> knowledge for people to have. It's good fucking knowledge. If you're eating olives and not making your own overnight oats every day, and you're eating out, okay. Dude, the amount of money you Don't save you. by buying groceries olives. and cooking your own food is ridiculous. Colossal. It's ridiculous. Especially if you're, you know, if you're adhering to a good diet like you are. Yeah. And I have no problem with people who say, I simply don't have time to cook. That's fine. That's fair. If you need to order or you need to get takeout because of that. But if you have, if you're just sitting on your couch every night ordering seamless because you're lazy and don't want to cook. Uh, and then you're like, man, I can't afford $1,400 earrings. My girlfriend. Well, you fucking would be able to. If you started going to Trader Joe's and buying all your groceries and cooking. That's very true. Easy game. I'd had this happen this weekend and it was very uncomfortable. I ran into a person that I knew very well mm -hmm. and her husband. I had met her husband before and I went over to talk. She, she was talking to my girlfriend and I went over to talk to the husband. We have met a million times. We spoke. It was kind of uncomfortable. And at the end I go, nice to meet you, dude. Yeah. Did he say anything? No. And I didn't be like, oh, we've obviously met. <laughs> mm. I didn't, you know, I, I was just hoping he maybe didn't hear me. I think, but, but when you spoke to him the whole time, were you speaking on a, a playing field of knowing each other already? Absolutely. So then I think it's, a, it's fine. I think he knows that that's just a slip of the tongue, that you just chose the wrong dismissal. But it's also a sign of being flustered. And maybe he thinks that I was flustered being in his presence, you which I was not. You read into, you're like me, dude. You're like, I wonder what he's thinking based on the words I chose. That, that's not what he was thinking. I, I've said that too before. Nice to meet you instead of nice to see you again. Right. And by the way, there's a, a very easy fix to this. I did it at the end, by the way, not yeah. the beginning. Get rid of nice to meet you from your vocabulary because you never fucking need it. You can, you can meet somebody for the first time and say great to see you right. and that's fine they don't think they don't think if, if, if you and i met for the first time today and i and you were like hey i'm julia and i was like hey it's great to see you you wouldn't be like wait don't you mean nice to meet you i would think that what the I'd, hell bro i'd be like this guy's a fucking cocksucker that's, he thinks every he thinks there's a chance he's met everyone he doesn't know no it comes off like that it doesn't work that way it can you can say nice to see you because i'm seeing you i am nice seeing you. you right in that moment and that is a perfectly acceptable uh social greeting i'd have to see you in action it, and then, it can come off as pompous too I can. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. How are you? Hey, good to see you. Yeah, good to see you. That's it's fine. As a as a nice to, instead of nice to meet you. I don't know, dude. Do you have so you're telling me that <laughs> every person you meet for the first time when you meet them, you say nice to meet you? Yeah. I look them in the eye and I say it's been really great to meet you. Hey, nice to see you. Come on, that's crazy. <laughs> Come on. You and I shake hands. We've never met before. You say hi, I'm Julio, and I say, Hey, I'm Francis. Great to see you. And then I'd be like, well, well have, have we met before? And you'd be like, no, but I God see you. Almighty. So technically. That, you're, that's such a literal interpretation <laughs> of that ridiculously casual greeting. But you just made the, the, the interpretation. You said technically you, you just did that. That was your justification. What do you mean? You said that you're safe by saying good to see you because you're seeing them. You are seeing them. So you're, you're thinking now, <laughs> based on the fact that we've had this conversation, that anybody who is doing that is covering their tracks and they don't remember whether or not they've meet, met you. That's how it comes up. Come, no, nobody is that neurotic. <laughs> I'm not, I'm you not and I might neurotic. be, but that's, uh, that's it. 
Very few people are so neurotic as to hear someone say, nice to see you. If you say, nice to see you again, yes, that's bad. Then you're handcuffing yourself to the assumption that you've met before. <laughs> you might as well just be saying, nice to meet you at that point. You can incorporate a nice to meet you back into your vocab. I disagree. Nice to see you again. I'm, I'm for all of our wonderful listeners out there. <laughs> if you're not sure if you've met someone before, just very casually say, "Great to see you." Great to see you. Nice to see you. And then you've covered your tracks because "Great to see you" is the umbrella term that covers meeting for the first time, seeing each other again. Your two scenarios. Let's do a poll on this. Good. Fine. We will. I've been getting dominated in the polls. All right. I'm, I'm aware of this. This is going to be a tough one to phrase so that people understand it properly, but we'll figure it well, out. The Francis is more pale uh, poll I lost badly. You won that one. Really? Yeah. I was arguing that I was more pale. You won that. Yeah. And then you also won the- I can't believe you. That's ridiculous. All right. First of all, it wasn't even, I didn't even feel that strongly about it. But Dude, I looked like I was pulled out of the water. <laughs> like the Coast Guard found me recently and wrapped me in whatever they had. I've hit my head. Yeah. They handed me you. a package of saltine crackers and was like, you've been missing for weeks? <laughs> Fucking Jason Bourne floating around he found out him. there. Yeah. That's hilarious. That and I lost the porn star mom poll. Yeah, that one was, that was also absurd. If we can pull this poll off and make it make sense. If you go 0 for 3, if I turkey you on this, then, be bad. You, then I don't even know if you have the right to do more polls. <laughs> I think that saying great to see you, whether or not you're meeting somebody for the first time, comes off as pompous. <laughs> Francis believes here. that it is not. Fuck out of here. Chris, what do you think? I yeah. think it's fucking weird. <laughs> I'm sticking to that. Well, let's see. What all do right. Think? Maybe there's a maybe there's a middle ground. Maybe there's a term that encompasses both <laughs> meeting for the first time and seeing again. That's even more uh, obscure, like like vague, such that it would apply to both. And I'm not denying that delivery is important. And you're I, you know, char- you're fr- you're a charming guy. I stuttered when I said that. So mm. You made me nervous. I'm sorry. You're charming. How do I make you fucking nervous? Because I was calling you charming. That made me nervous. That <laughs> made me uncomfortable. What about what about <laughs> you and I meet for the first time and you say, Hey, I'm Julio. And I say, It's a pleasure. That's real nice. That's really nice. Yeah. Also, you could say it's a pleasure when you've seen someone again. But I think it's a pleasure lands more on the side of we're meeting for the first Agreed. time. Agreed. 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 All right. We'll put that to a poll. What about handshake? Yes, that happened to me recently. Somebody, if you're a man out there and you're trying to assert your dominance by crushing (laughs) someone's fucking hand, you need to find some outlet for your lack of confidence. (laughs) You need a penis pump. You need something because that is a really dumb game you're playing and if someone crushes my hand in theirs this whole firm handshake shit as if we're all fucking coal miners in minnesota you know trying to let people know don't don't if you break my daughter's heart i'll break your neck you know treat her right and bring her home by 10 guys breaking the kid's hand fuck that dude i don't like that either and i also hate when girls do it yeah, girls and then do I notice, and then they're like, my father taught me. I'm like, 
I don't give a fuck about your stupid dad. Yeah. Okay. My my father taught me not to hurt people. <laughs> and you you've hurt me. Yeah. My hand hurts. Oh, you think I'm impressed by your handshake? Yeah. Not impressed. Give me a fucking break. Not impressed. I'm impressed by the books you read this summer. Not your handshake. Right. Anyway. Not impressive. Hey, that's Oops the Podcast. You guys have been awesome. That, you guys have been all amazing. listeners out there. <laughs> <laughs> We appreciate you every week. We'll be back next week probably with another guest. And uh, let us know if you liked this episode. Like, subscribe, rate. Uh, we're really enjoying Please. doing this for you. And, yeah. uh, you know, you can find us at Oops the Podcast on Instagram, at Francis C.C. Ellis on Instagram, at Not Julio with a J on Instagram. We appreciate um, you guys. And send your stories about your failures. We want to hear about your big failures. Yep. And when you fucked up. We've been getting a lot of them of people telling stories about how they didn't fail. Yeah. I'm like, that's not the point of this, guys. No, it's not. Failure. Send those to oopsthepodcast at gmail.com and we will see you next Thursday.